Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. 26 after 8 in the AM. My name is Mohammed. Welcome back. Welcome back. MTN South Africa has partnered with leading medical experts, hosted a, uh, hosting a free webinar to unpack the most uh, COVID-19 data and trends, including progress towards a vaccine and the psychology behind why many people still refuse to wear masks. MTN hashtag Wait For Me initiative was launched in September to make a difference in the lives of people and communities through its drive to raise awareness about the importance of wearing a mask in order to stop the spread of the COVID-19 virus. While joining us online is Prof. Jeffrey Pashlele, the Vice President for Research, the South African Medical Research Council, to unpack this discussion. Good morning, Prof. Uh, good morning and uh, good morning to your listeners. Thank you so much for the time out now. Uh, focusing a little bit on some of the global vaccine trials ongoing, uh, could you perhaps share with us the latest on the Oxford Oxford vaccine trial and uh, the general estimate on how long it takes for a vaccine to be put into production? Yes, um, thank you very much uh, for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, the emphasis is on the Oxford uh, vaccine because mm-hmm. uh, it's the first, vac- first vaccine to be tested, mm-hmm. especially in South Africa. Uh, but uh, we have got uh, many other uh, vaccine candidates uh, that are in phase three clinical uh, trial mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. And um, for the Oxford vaccine, um, where we are is a phase three clinical trial. And uh, what this means is that uh, they are testing the vaccine to investigate whether it's able to protect against COVID-19 disease. Mm-hmm. So should this be successful, it means that um, um, the, the results uh, will be analyzed and um, submitted to regulatory authorities mm-hmm. and, and, and make an argument. Uh, for this vaccine to be registered mm-hmm. and made available to the public. Is that and I guess uh, is the same with other vaccines sure. uh, that are in phase three clinical trials. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular reason why perhaps South Africa was earmarked as a country of choice for um, uh, you know, the, the, the vaccine trial, the Oxford vaccine trial? Are we perhaps, do we have some special qualities about us? The special qualities that we have is that uh, we do have um, a, um, an infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, we have got expertise, mm-hmm. and uh, we have got people uh, who, uh, like um, you know, the the best university that is uh, leading the trial, mm-hmm. uh, Professor Shabir Mari, mm-hmm. uh, who is um, actually uh, an expert in vaccinology. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly, um, in times like this. Uh, when we are facing the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, we need to test the vaccine in places where we know there is expertise, there is infrastructure, mm-hmm. and um, there is the capability mm-hmm. uh, to actually do the trial. Mm, wonderful. Now, at the height of COVID-19, have you perhaps, perhaps uh, uh, seen a surge in the number of candidates uh, doing research uh, on COVID-19 itself or COVID-19-related effects? Yes, uh, there are a number of uh, researchers uh, mm-hmm. in South Africa and, um, and, and, and all over the world uh, who are actually prioritizing mm-hmm. uh, COVID-19 research. Um, a lot of people who have been working on TB and HIV and many other infectious diseases 
um, they are now working on COVID-19 because um, we need to find the answers very soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a new virus, a new pathogen, and uh, if we don't have uh, solutions uh, in terms of control and management of the virus, Mm -hmm. um, it will continue to ravage Mm -hmm. uh, the societies. And obviously, this is devastating uh, Mm -hmm. to the social and economic development of all the countries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, wonderful. Now, we, we understand and we acknowledge that uh, sometimes a vaccine can take multiple years to come up with. Are we not hastening it? Do we have enough technology and enough uh, expertise to try and curb that amount of time? Because, I mean, uh, without that, we can't possibly expect a second, third, fourth, fifth wave as well, Prof. Yes, uh, normally uh, the vaccine takes uh, long. Um, we talk about, you know, at least 10 years mm-hmm. um, to, 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 to make a vaccine. Um, and, and, um, and, and the reason for this is because, um, you know, traditionally, um, the technologies that were used to make the vaccines um, used to take uh, quite some time uh, to move from one step to another. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is the fact that um, uh, in peacetime, when you do a clinical trial, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the force of infection is is less. And um, what I mean by that is that uh, you will have um, a few places uh, where the infection is highly endemic. Mm-hmm. And um, to be able to prove uh, if the vaccine is working, uh, you need to do phase three clinical trial in a setting where there is a circulation of the pathogen to really assess whether the vaccine can protect against infection or even the disease mm-hmm. uh, caused by that pathogen. So the distinction here is that uh, if you have got a pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, the pathogen is circulating globally mm-hmm. and this uh, affords opportunity uh, to many researchers to conduct clinical trials simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, that is actually what is fueling or driving uh, many clinical trials that we are seeing. But uh, the other important thing is just the socioeconomic mm-hmm. uh, impact uh, of the pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm, absolutely. Now, focusing on, um, you know, there are there are people in society and uh, individuals in society who are completely anti-vaccine, and uh, they have multiple reasons for it, citing reasons that it can have detrimental effects, and uh, you know, especially when sometime during the year when the vaccine uh, was pulled out because certain uh, members of the cohort were actually having serious side effects. Um, what message can we share with people who do not believe? Leave in general about the nature and the concept of uh, vaccination? Um, maybe let's start with, because um, I feel I haven't answered uh, your previous question um, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to know mm-hmm. why um, it's taking short, mm-hmm. uh, so, so, uh, such a short time mm-hmm. uh, to make um, a COVID-19 vaccine. Right. And, um, and, and part of the reason is because um, uh, we, 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 we have got, you know, the circulation of the, of the pathogen, as I mentioned, but the most important thing is the fact that the technology that we are using today is different from the technology that was used before. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this technology uh, is able to um, tell us uh, mm-hmm. if uh, the vaccine might work or not work, at least at preclinical stage. In other words, before it moves, uh, to testing in humans, and, um, and and based on that, 
um, then we are able to move to uh, to do clinical trials in humans and uh, test whether the vaccine is safe, uh, whether the vaccine can actually elicit the right or appropriate immune response. And if that is the case, we will, we assume that uh, it will protect. Uh, but um, obviously, we don't work on assumption. That's why we have to have this phase three clinical trials mm-hmm. to see whether that immune response can actually correlate uh, to protection from infection or disease. Mm-hmm. So part of the reason people might say, no, I don't want to take the vaccine, um, it could be just that um, it's related to generic reasons that we know mm-hmm. uh, that um, have always been there uh, for people not to take vaccines uh, because it doesn't mean that there are vaccines that we already have. Mm-hmm. Everybody is willing to take this vaccine. Some people will cite culture, others will cite their belief, others will just say, look, um, the vaccine is not for me, and the others are just skeptic about vaccination uh, because uh, they think that, um, you know, a natural exposure to pathogen uh, is better than vaccination because vaccination concept is actually mimicking mm-hmm. uh, the natural exposure to the to the pathogen so that you don't really suffer the consequences mm-hmm. of uh, the uh, natural exposure to the pathogen. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we are able to, to, to elicit uh, protection in the body without necessarily being exposed to infection so that when you are exposed to the same pathogen, you are protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is the concept of vaccination. But other people will say no. I need the real, you know, um, uh, uh, pathogen. Uh, I need to to be challenged uh, mm-hmm. by the real pathogen. And and um, it's it's just unfortunate that we have um, uh, people like that. Uh, but you know, vaccination is. Uh, just a wonderful thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you can't force it, um, mm. uh, you know, upon everybody. Absolutely. Well, um, in terms of uh, the concept of immunity or herd immunity, what exactly do we mean when we talk about herd immunity? Um, there are two ways in which uh, you can achieve uh, herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but herd immunity simply means the proportion uh, of the population uh, that is um, immune mm-hmm. um, to the uh, to the pathogen, mm-hmm. and uh, you can achieve that immunity uh, in two ways um, through vaccination. And and uh, once again, uh, this is a novel way of achieving herd immunity mm-hmm. because uh, you vaccinate the population; they achieve um, the certain level of immunity mm-hmm. uh, that will protect against uh, the spread of the pathogen uh, in the community. And then another way is through natural exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the problem with natural exposure is that you don't have control on what will happen uh, mm-hmm. to everybody who is uh, exposed to natural infection. Other people will recover. Other people will have severe form of infection. Those who are unfortunate will eventually die you mm-hmm. know, from infection. Uh, so it's not really the right way uh, to uh, promote herd immunity. Uh, the best way is through vaccination. And, um, and, and if um, a certain proportion of the population is immune, that means that um, if um, the pathogen is circulating in the, in the, in the, in the community, 
um, then the chances of spreading uh, to different people becomes very less. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's what herd immunity means. Wonderful. Now, um, uh, tell us a little bit more about the COVAX facility and the Vaccine Alliance. Yeah, this is uh, a brilliant initiative um, uh, by international players. Mm-hmm. Um, we have got uh, the World Health Organization and, um, you know, Gavi, um, the Vaccine Alliance, and SEPI. Uh, so these three organizations actually came together uh, to hatch uh, this idea of uh, COVAX mm-hmm. uh, facility. What it basically means, um, I think I can summarize it in three ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is the ability uh, to have access to a wide variety um, of uh, vaccines. In other words, wide part- portfolio of vaccines when the vaccines become available. Because within the COVAX facility, there are different um, vaccine candidates Mm -hmm. uh, that are undergoing clinical trials. And uh, if uh, these vaccines become a success and they are approved and uh, registered for use, um, then then they can be available through the um, COVAX facility. Actually, the nine vaccines uh, that I mentioned already, uh, most of them are actually part of the COVAX facility. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second aspect uh, is the fact that um, um, you will then have um, a, a, a very excellent uh, purchasing power mm-hmm. uh, because um, uh, what Gavi is aiming to do is actually is, is pulling together resources uh, from different uh, countries. Uh, in the form of finances, of course, and um, then, then then the guide will approach uh, the vaccine manufacturers and uh, will be able to negotiate a good price when the vaccine um, becomes available. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third component uh, is the fact that the WHO will develop a framework, uh, what we call allocation framework, that we think will be fair uh, for most countries uh, because uh, at the moment, uh, I think um, it goes without saying that um, um, some people, and actually most people, are nervous that uh, if a vaccine is uh, commercially available, only rich countries will be able to have access to this vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then um, the, the, the World Health Organization, uh, because um, it's, it's, it's been dealing with um, the vaccination programs, globally, uh, it's got uh, a, an allocation framework that would ensure that uh, both you know, rich and poor countries have access to the vaccine in a fair way. So uh, when, if we have to use an example, uh, say we have got one vaccine available, um, then um, they will say, okay, because there's only one vaccine available globally, uh, we want to make sure that um, all the countries will have access to say three or five percent mm-hmm. um, of the vaccine doses initially and uh, and they will ramp up uh, these uh, percentages mm-hmm. um, depending on you know, the manufacturing scale and um, and 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 the availability of uh, doses mm-hmm. uh, instead of just one country mm-hmm. having all the doses at once and then the rest 
don't have any access uh, to vaccine. Wonderful. Now, Prof, just uh, something out of the norm. Uh, people, individuals who have successfully recovered from COVID-19 would have uh, assumably or presumably developed their own set of immunity. Are you aware of research that uh, is perhaps looking at serum, looking at markers in their immune systems that would uh, also contribute to trials and uh, uh, looking at how they developed immunity for the rest of the population? A lot of uh, research is um, taking place um, along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and we, we, you also heard about uh, research that is looking at uh, convalescent mm-hmm. uh, plasma or serum. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, all this research um, is trying to uh, look at um, the properties um, of um, the blood from recovered patients, mm-hmm. and they want to assess uh, whether you know, the antibodies that are recovered from these uh, recovered patients mm-hmm. are able to uh, to protect against um, the disease or infection. Uh, so that will inform the vaccine development pathway in a way, uh, but not completely. Uh, but um, I say in a way because um, if we know that recovered patients actually have you know, protective antibodies, then we know that um, we or, or we will be able to actually, you know, go backwards and, um, and, and see which uh, um, part of the pathogen is able to elicit um, the, the, the antibodies. And, uh, and you can actually use that uh, part of the pathogen as a vaccine candidate. Um, you can incorporate it uh, in the vaccine. Um, the other way is that um, we will know uh, that we can actually use uh, the blood of uh, recovered patients. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying, you know, the whole blood untreated. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this will be either, um, you know, the, the, the plasma uh, that uh, we know is free from other infectious agents, or it could be antibodies uh, that are prepared from, um, you know, the blood from recovered patients. And we use this as um, as a protection. Um, they will give you what we call passive immunization. Uh, is um, is a form of protection, just like vaccination. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, unfortunately, um, it doesn't last long uh, because um, it can protect you maybe uh, for three months to to five months, um, and then and then and then the immunity will just disappear. Mm-hmm. Unlike vaccination, which gives you long-term immunity uh, Mm, most of the time. So those are some of the things that we can learn Mm -hmm. uh, from the blood of uh, recovered patients. Wonderful. Well, Prof, uh, you shared some wonderful insight with us this morning and uh, uh, we really do appreciate it. Thank you so very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. Have a good one and take care. Well, speaking to Professor Jeffrey Pashlele, um, about, he's the Vice President of the South African Medical Research Council, which, by the way, is housed uh, in Cape Town, just uh, a few, well, probably two or three roads away from Tigerwick Hospital. If you're driving along that uh, very nasty bend, um, you'll see the South African Medical Research Council there or head office there and uh, giving us some insight into... Um, let's put it this way, vaccination and things like that.